Welcome back to the Balance Bowly Podcast for ambitious women in business and a few brave men. I'm your host, Nikita Rinthigpen, always ecstatic to be in the space with you today. All right, guys, if you've been following the Balance Bowly Podcast, then you know that I am always raving about certain people in my circle, colleagues, peers, power partners that are just dope. That's the best way to say it. They're excellent at what they do in the world. The reason why they do it is heartfelt, it's passionate, and it's coming from a true space. And they are excited about the work, which you don't always find the three go hand in hand. Some people are just really good, but they're kind of removed and desensitized. Some people aren't good at all, but they'll play like they're passionate. This woman that we are talking to today is all of the above. She is passionate. She is skilled. She is an expert and she is the go-to in her industry for all the things that she's doing. And for those of you who don't know her yet, you will today. I want to welcome Alicia Patterson. She is phenomenal in so many ways. If you've been following us, you've probably heard her on the Live Fully LinkedIn live stream, on the Intentionally Selfish Twitter space conversation, and many other places that we've had layers of repurposing the great elements of all the things that she's constantly talking about. Alicia is a mental health counselor and a pelvic health specialist based in Denver, Colorado, who is leading the specialized pelvic transformational field because women need this more than ever. Alicia, welcome to the Balance Bowly podcast. How are you today? Thank you for having me. I love hearing all those things. I'm excited about what we're talking about. I'm doing very well. I'm so glad to be here with you and all the listeners. Thanks for being here. Yeah, you're welcome. So I would love for you to just take a moment and tell everyone what is pelvic health and why are you so passionate about the work that you're doing in the world? Awesome. Yes, pelvic health. Well, sometimes when I do interviews, people think that I'm saying public, like public health, Mm. which is important. And I'm talking about the pelvis, the bottom of the body, the house of our um, bottom digestive organs and reproductive organs and urinary organs. So this place is so important because I got into this because of my own journey. I have a kind of like I'm one of the statistics of all the things that people go through as part of their body. And... I'm so moved and fired up about it. And I find that it's a little bit of a void and a wound in modern cultures that there's a lack of support and there's a very medicalized kind of sterilized approach to this part of the body. So when I talk about pelvic health, I get a lot of mystified looks. I get like, what are you talking about? I get a... Um, sometimes there's a stigma or a taboo that I think people are wrapped up in, which I've navigated all myself. And this is the root of our body, and it's one of our most important functional, emotional, spiritual places that we can work with. So I'm just a big advocate about shouting it out to the masses. And I don't feel that I can come on and do a talk like this on the date that we're doing it without mentioning the recent Supreme Court overruling of Roe v. Wade. So I'm just like 
everybody should be talking about public health and everybody should be talking about what are the implications of being in a body during this time in the world. Yeah, absolutely. And you've been at the forefront for this for much longer than the recent unfortunate decision that should never have happened, should not be happening, needs to be overturned when it's overturned on so many levels because it literally is bringing death and terror to so many families, not just the direct women who are absolutely impacted, but the ripple effect of that is catastrophic. I 100% agree. It is, yeah, it's, you know, it's women, it's people who have a uterus, and it's trans people, it's the people who've been affected by these types of challenges are probably the ones who've struggled the most yeah. are going to struggle the most again. And for me, it's about healthcare. You know, the start of life at conception thing is a whole discussion. And outside of that, it's about healthcare and it's about well being of people. And if we don't know what's going on in our bodies, then how can we expect to take care of ourselves in the face of the systems that are just swallowing whole, you know, our country, what our country is going through? It's intense and profound. And I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because it needs a place. It needs to have uh, a way of echoing it out to the masses in a, a way that hasn't been done yet. Because when people are super angry, a lot of times all that's done is defenses go up and people shut their ears. So when you're mm -hmm. having a healthy conversation where everyone can be heard um, and respected, and I can't highlight that enough, Mm -hmm. then things can get done and things can get moved. Um, I agree that there's a lot that not understanding what's going on in your body can, sh it can show up in other areas of your life. You're not as confident if you don't understand why you're having certain discomforts or pain or uh, other things that are happening for women in their bodies and their reluctant to not just, I'm not just talking about the conversation piece of it, which is very, very important, the communication piece of it, but how they're showing up in their relationships, how they're showing up in their creativity, how they're showing up in their ability to feel powerful when they walk into a room and have to talk about the product or service or advocacy area that they're so passionate about when they're not feeling good. And literally, and I say this with a pun intended from the seat of their being on so many levels. So I totally agree. And this conversation is just, it simply needs to happen. I agree. Thank you for the space, for the willingness, for the openness. It's so refreshing personally and professionally. Yeah. And it's, you know, that like feeling and the body piece is mm -hmm. so important and so pervasive that so many, there's so many inroads to this work, but one of the really common ones is that people, they seem to know that there is something important and they don't really know what that is. Mm -hmm. for it. Mm -hmm. There's like a gap. It's like, they're here and they know that something is missing or something is possible. Maybe they don't have a trauma history or symptoms or pain or a diagnosis, but they're writing to me and saying, I just feel icky. Mm. Like, I don't feel good there. And I don't even know what that is, but 
it can be scary, you know, it's like, uh, this is our most intimate, vulnerable part of ourselves in a lot of ways. And especially now with what we're facing around sexual health and reproductive health, it's like smacking all of us in our face. If we're not there and and we're not empowered in this place, it's the implications of it are bigger than they have been for the last years. I agree. For the women that you're working with and families, because I know it it ripples, you know, in a 360 way, Mm -hmm. are you finding that your current clients are also being challenged in in their bodies because of the decision, like that they built a different tension or it's triggered a trauma or some other um, part of their past that was a shameful part typically for trauma specialists to trauma specialists. We both know what that does. Have you mm-hmm. found that that's come up or have most of your clients that you're working with been able to release a lot of that shame and um, the guilt and resentment and some of the other things that might've been trapped in their body from the work that they've done with you so that when this happened, of course they had a reaction, but they weren't necessarily trapped into those old triggers again? That is such an interesting question. Thank you. That mm-hmm. is like food for my brain. I, there's a range. Mm-hmm. There's, a, you know, like there's gradations along that whole spectrum. Yeah. There are definitely people that I feel that are, well, I live in a state where things are still protected. So okay. I'm Colorado. I'm working in Colorado. Um, that has real meaning. If I was working in Kentucky, there'd probably be a different situation going on. Absolutely. Um, so I live in a state where there is still resource and availability. So I feel that there's a certain level of safety and perception. Of, you know, but like one example is the relationships that people are in. Mm-hmm. If somebody's uh, coming home and they do not want to have a child and they're talking to their partner and their partner says, well, I support pro-choice, but they just launch into a political thing Mm. and they're missing, like, that person's coming home and saying, you and I have an intimate relationship and now there are other things. And so if there's a miss, you know, that will impact things. Yeah. Um, some people, it's just complicated. Like, yeah. I'm thinking of different people. Uh, so one person I'm thinking of really wants to have a child, and now she's scared about if she miscarries, if she has an ectopic pregnancy, like all these different variables. Things. Yeah. So I think that the impact is wide and sweeping, and what's challenging, I think, is also that, you know, I work with a queer population at times mm-hmm. uh, very like alternative relationship friendly I work with people in polyamorous relationships and there's just all these nuances around this type of thing where as abortion has this dynamic happening now there's also things on the docket for voting like gay marriage rights and trans rights true it's a really big discussion and my community and my clients kind of fall on lots of different Mm -hmm. levels and um, a lot of people are concerned and they're also grounded and like, well, 
do I need to be talking to an attorney so I can try to preserve what's happening in my marriage in case the marriage gets taken away? And that's very pragmatic. And as a counselor, I feel like my job is to help people surrender into the belief that's there. Yeah. You know, pragmatic solution focused is an incredible skill. Mm-hmm. Or the feeling and the like our bodies need to digest what's yes. happening. And all of that happens through somatic work, body-oriented work, being talking heads. Like, it only goes so far. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, the experience that's released through your body when you have somatic work being done with you, um, sometimes on you, but depending on where you are at in the process with you, it is a game changer on so many levels. So I technically value the work that you're doing. And I know you can't necessarily do it in every state because of all the, how do I say this nicely? The patriarchal um, <laughs> rules that are still in place that shouldn't be from the 1600s and, and before, um, which is a whole, a whole nother conversation that you and I have touched on and tapped into in different levels. That's a huge part of where me redefining intentionally selfish came from, right? Like, all of it stuck in the 1600s and we're still not only living with it, we're leading with this very perverted definition of it and then holding each other down because of it instead of releasing us into our freedom. Um, so yes, I understand (laughs) (laughs) on all the levels. So Alicia, when you're working with these families across the spectrum and continuum of relationships that they're in and they're, some are coming for maintenance help, you know, because they're at a different part of the process and their physical healing that they've gotten to with you. Um, and some are in pain and for, someone who's so physically involved, and I know you also do work virtually, but when you are physically involved, are you finding that you're able to catch some of that energy from going into your system? You know, that visceral trauma, a vicarious trauma, excuse me, that goes into you when you are trying to really help. And you know you can, but we got to get through this really, to use one of your other clients' words, it's really icky period and sometimes very painful um, session that might be happening. And then you, of course, have other people to serve and you have other things in your life that you want to do after that maybe your energy needs to be happier for. But in this moment, you're holding sacred space for someone while working with them. Are you able to maintain a sense of grounding for yourself without getting lost or infected, I dare say, by Mm -hmm. the pain of the energetic pain that's coming across from your clients. Mm. Yeah, that's been a real process for me. Yeah. I, um, so I've been a counselor for 10-ish, you know, been in the mental health field. Patient care work for 14 years mm-hmm. and my own private practice for eight years, nine years. And then I added pelvic work, which I do internal, intervaginal, and I'm touching the inside of someone's body. I added that work five years ago. Mm -hmm. And there have been so many learning curves along the way with all of those. You know, I remember in the beginning of doing any client care work, I was just 
tapped, you know, mm-hmm. exhausted, drained. I'm super empathetic. I have a lot of somatic empathy. I, you know, really want to give a certain level of presence if I'm going to be offering any care in yeah, a professional environment. And um, then I feel like I got much better at handling that. And then I entered a different level, doing somatic work, putting my hands on people a lot. And then again, I was like, whoa, like, just kind of laid out and having to cultivate different skills. And then I got really good at handling that. And then I added this public work piece. Mm-hmm. And that has been profound. It is really, you know, like sometimes I'm sweating my ass off. Yeah. Because the heat that's coming from someone's body is like fire. Yeah. You know? so lightning bolts so intense. Mm-hmm. So there's a relationship that I have to allowing myself to breathe and be with what's happening because if I completely block it, then their body's going to feel that. And that's, um, I feel that my therapeutic effort then has been wasted. Yeah. Yeah. And if I take all of it and I get kind of fused and lost, like, who is me and who is you? That is also confusing and it's dreamy. Yes. So staying really present with my own body and allowing someone to be with what's happening in their body is a constant process that I'm really, I'm working on it. Yeah. No, I love that. I appreciate your, your honesty and your strength and your vulnerability for it. Um, as you were explaining, you know, from previous conversations, I'm super visual. So I'm like painting pictures and it's like a whole movie of what you're saying in my head. Um, and it reminded me of the movie that played, I don't know, a decade ago or so when someone just, they made an assumption, which is always an interesting thing when someone does with you, right? They assume that because I was a clinician and a trauma specialist and now a balance and relationship advisor that I had no problems and that everything was rainbows and sprinkles and, and all of it. And I'm like, you know why I'm the number one balance and relationship advisor in the world? Because I'm constantly working on it. <laughs> I'm constantly creating tools and retooling and learning from other greater people than me to make sure that I don't get stuck in old ways of doing just because it worked at some point. And when you're doing that, when you're willing to be meek, and I say that in the the biblical way, as in the strongest version of yourself and humble enough to say, I'm so smart that I know that I still need help, Mm -hmm. that I still need to grow, that I still want to grow. And the fact that you, Alicia, are standing here as a very well-respected woman in your field and all the things you've done and saying, and hey, I'm still growing. (laughs) I'm still learning. I'm still moving. For me, that puts you at the top of the top because you're humble and meek enough to know this is why I'm strong. This is why I'm so dope and so amazing because I'm not blind to the possibility of more for even myself with all that I already know. Absolutely. It's, uh, I mean, even that is a journey. Yeah. I think that I've had moments where I was like, I'm good. (laughs) I'm like, Snapped in the face with like, well, I haven't learned that yet. It's humbling. It's important. It's really healthy. I think that it's so, um, as I get older, as I have more experience, the more that I work with people, the more that I am just like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, 
I'm here. I'm asking the questions. I feel equipped to handle what walks into my office. And I don't know, you know, I I have no idea what's going on in this world. There's so much happening that my human mind can't comprehend the truth of everything that's really going on. So there's this like paradox when it comes to surrendering to the path of not knowing and also being confident enough to have people walk in and have them feel really steady in my presence. Yes. And I've got their back and that they can let things down and be held, which is why I charge the big bucks. You know? No, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, you know, I'm a thousand percent about that. Like there's a reason that the investment is the way that it is because I know the value is at least 10x what you've invested. And that's why. So I'm, I'm 100% yeah. for that on so many levels. So Alicia, I have to ask you, when you're not serving the people and advocating and doing all that you're doing to make sure that the message keeps being spread to all that need to hear it, which is literally everyone, how are you giving yourself permission to pause? Permission to pause. Well, I, um, I'm a very active person. So coming to terms with my own Part of it is my nature. Part of it is coping with the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to a dance camp recently with okay. dance-inspired kind of professional training thing, and it just amazes me. I'm also very competitive. Mm-hmm. I played a lot of competitive sports. I love to win. I hate to lose. You know, it's just like there's something there for me, and allowing that to be true while also allowing myself to pause, slow down, rest. And um, that for me is like a complicated, nuanced, layered thing because I feel how much my body is plugged into capitalism. Yeah. I feel the modern societies like I am plugged in, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel that. Mm-hmm. And I'm also very aware of that and I'm working with that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I moved um, and I moved in with my partner and we have animals and I was living a more modern kind of like contained apartment, just like entrepreneur lifestyle before I moved in with my partner at the very beginning of the COVID. Mm-hmm. So now I have this very different lifestyle. I go out into my yard a lot. Mm-hmm. I hang out with the animals and mm-hmm. in my phone and my devices and you know, I've gotten so many comments so that, like I haven't been replying as quickly. Mm-hmm. Clients make comments, friends make comments, I'm not as available as I used to be. I'm not constantly socializing and all I sleep a lot, I eat a lot. Mm-hmm. There's all these things that have really shifted for me. Yeah that are all involved in that permission to pause answer. Yes. Oh, I, I love every element of that because I stand and I'm available, but I'm not accessible. And, <laughs> yes. Right? Like, and that's, that's for me. That's mine. That's my healing. That's my ability to do the self-forgiveness work, the personal transformation work that constantly happens as we are human and make all kinds of mistakes along the way. And mm-hmm. I make no apologies for that. 
um, you mess around. Grandma, you can get the calendar link too. Like every, everybody get it. Y'all get, y'all have to schedule. <laughs> right? Yes. I'm not mad. It's so important. Yeah. And that for me is very related to this topic of pelvic health. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my teacher that I did my training with, um, she wrote a book, Tammy Kent, called Mothering from Your Center. Mm-hmm. And she writes about how if the female body is leached and zapped and that the female body tends to be like the flower of the family. If the female is doing well, then the kids and the partners and the family are drawn like bees to the flower. Yeah. And if we don't protect that energy and cultivate the fat for ourselves, then we are not well and our family is not well. So true. So I really try to practice that. And uh, I mean, the mental health crisis in our country is intense and the demand is bigger than I've ever felt. And I've been working in patient care for 14 years. Right. So it's a very, you know, kind of paradoxical, like how do I guard my energy with ferocity and also show up and lean in? Because I feel that that's very like driving my purpose right now. Yeah. And it's just a constant work in progress. No, I thousand percent agree. One of the things that I've told myself that has been really helpful, but for the same reason, um, is when I show up, I want to show up fully for each person, even if that's only one that day or that week or that month, because that me at my best, I'm unconquerable. And the blessing that I share with others through my gift ripples through generations. But if I show up in pieces of myself, I could do more damage because of the power of my gift. And just being aware of that as woo-woo as that probably sounds to so many people listening to this right now, just knowing you have power, you have power. And if you're not careful with it, just like all the, what is it? The DC Marvel cartoons that we see when the superheroes just discovering that they have the power and first it's just wonky and uncomfortable. Then they realize, Oh, I could really hurt someone if I'm not careful, if I'm not strategic, if I don't know how to zone it in and how to focus it and be intentional with it, I could do some damage. So I'd rather be intentional and show up fully for whoever my energy can hold space for than being caught in the need to lean into a yes for all the people who are asking for it, because I know the most dangerous person in this world to me is me and me being aware of that keeps me most days (laughs) from leaning in to, uh, let me just do it anyway. And just being careful. Of course there's days you and I were talking about it in the green room. There are absolutely days when I'm like, I can do one more, right? Like, and just kind of pressing and, and challenging. But for the most part, that's how I soften that for myself, if that's helpful. It is. It's really that like responsibility with power. You know, I feel like human development can speak to that, career development, aging, you know, like however you think about the arc of a human life. And yes. That's like, a certain part of life, sometimes it can happen very quickly. Sometimes it takes decades. This like working toward, you know, whatever people feel like making it. Is. Yes. And then once I got to the point where I was like, I've made it. Now I'm like 
ooh, well, now I'm sitting with the responsibility and the implications of making it. Right. And then I have a big impact on many, many, many humans. Mm-hmm. And what do I do with that? And how do I handle that? And it's so vulnerable. It's like, you know, that it's, it's like being cooked and the, the field of working with people, no matter what it is, is just like so riveting to me. Yeah. I completely agree. Well, you showing up for us and having the space in your day to have an honest, open, beautiful, informative conversation is definitely one of the ways that you get to impact more people at a time than your hands can actually reach and that your voice would normally reach when you're working in private session and, you know, holding confidentiality and anonymity and all those things um, as secret. So I value you for that. And I thank you for your time with us today. How can people connect with you? Thank you. And I value you for, you know, labors of love. Like this is a, yeah, this is labor of love to connect and put a message out there. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So connecting with me is pretty easy. I'm all over the internet. My website is probably the best hub. Um, there's so much information. There's my social media stuff. I have products for people that, you know, maybe we can't work together right now, um, but they want something from me. And there's also ways to reach out through my website. So my website, my website is aliciampatterson.com. That's perfect. Thank you so much, Alicia. You are always a joy to talk to and have the deepest, beautiful conversation with. So thank you. Same to you. Takes two. (laughs) It does. And we love dancing. So yes. Balance Bowley listeners, thank you so much for tuning in again this week and just showing up as fully as you had capacity for today. I hope this conversation with Alicia Patterson really left an imprint for you. If you're not sure if you have questions, the best thing you could do is reach out. Make sure you connect with her through her website. All the information you need, including her social handles, are below. Uh, She has great boundaries. So don't worry. Even if you reach out at 3 o'clock in the morning, she's only going to respond when she can. So don't, (laughs) don't worry about the when and the how. Just make sure that the what is completed. And please do share this episode with at least one other human in your ecosystem that you know could benefit from everything that Alicia shared today. Outside of that, I only have one additional ask, and that is that you enjoy the balance of your day, but remember, do it boldly.